But we focus on the Oilers and Jets tonight. We are telling you about Dylan Holloway, an entry-level contract for the Oilers, and a pretty significant signing for the Winnipeg Jets earlier this week, Adam Lowry, an excellent third-line center. Him by the numbers for the Colin Bruce Mortgage Team. For great mortgage advice, find Colin at colinbruce.ca. Two L's in Collins. He's 28, gets a five-year deal worth 3.25 mil per season, 20 points in 44 games this season. And a guy who knows all about his performance from CJOB. It's my good friend Jamie Thomas. Jamie, how are you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Looking forward to another fantastic game with no fans in the building. Well, it's yeah, it's been unfortunate because uh, generally the games between these two teams this season, mm-hmm. I think, would have had the fans on the uh, edges of their seats right down to the wire. Even a couple of the games that maybe didn't quite have as much offense were still one-goal games right right down yeah. with one team trying to tie it up. But first of all, tell me a little bit about Adam Lowry. I, I mean, does he gives he gives the Jets that third-line advantage against every team in the league, almost every team in the league? Yeah, because there's a, that's a line where you know Andrew Kopp has said numerous times, even though Andrew Kopp's not playing on the third line right now. Um, don't call them a checking line because they're thinking about scoring just as much as anybody else. But their primary responsibility on most nights is shutting down the other team's best or their other team's second best line. And Adam Lauer plays a, a huge role on the, on the Jets' penalty kill right now. He's been killing. It. He's like it's over 60 percent in the faceoff circle in the last four games. And he's one of five players in the National Hockey League right now with 20 points and over 100 hits. So an elite club for a guy that is your third-line center and one of the leaders in the dressing room, I think it's a great deal for everybody. And another guy from the core group that has decided to forego free agency and stay here in Winnipeg. What's the situation with Blake Wheeler? I thought I read that he's cleared to play tonight, but he's not going to play. No, yeah, so they, he is cleared to play, but the way the schedule shakes down because of all the COVID schedule, thing like that, the Jets will have uh, four days without games. They won't play a game until Thursday, so that just gives them an extra day to, or extra four days for Blake Wheeler to get a couple practices in because he didn't really practice today. It was a morning skate, so Paul Maurice doesn't really consider that a practice. So he wants to get him, get the legs going, get him more involved in practice, touch some more pucks before he gets back out in the ice as the Jets will play a couple of games against the Toronto Maple Leafs starting Thursday. So he could have played tonight, but, you know, they, they've played pretty well without him in the lineup. Not that they don't want him in, but to have this extra four days off or, uh, to get him back and in, in, into shape will be very important for him. So do the Jets... I know teams always want to finish as high in the standings as possible, yeah. but they're often careful what what they might say publicly about any sorts of goals like that are the jets saying look we're going to track down toronto we still play them it's only down to three points the games played is even is does that come up at all with them no and it, it's what they're what they're fo- yeah, I, you can't tell me they're not but they're not talking about it right it's just it's still something to hang your hat on you're the best team in the division, a very good division, at least the top four teams anyways. And But what they have been saying is they just want to get their game down pat in time for the playoffs, working on that part, working on each game. But, yeah, I think that would be an extra you know, bonus for them to get it to the top of the division. But these, you still have three games against Edmonton. You've got three left against Toronto. You've got a, uh, one more against Montreal. So it's a heavy schedule against playoff-bound teams by the points of by the way things are looking right now for the Winnipeg Jets. They've got seven more against playoff-bound teams at this moment. So it's a tough part of the schedule. Yeah, it's the first place to be great, but they're not talking about it openly, but I still believe that's that's part of the goal. It seemed to me, looking from the outside, Jamie, that it was 
I would call it a surprisingly quiet trade deadline for the Winnipeg Jets. I thought mm-hmm. there might be a little more done to try to bolster the defense, but I also don't know how much wiggle room they had or, or you know, what Shovel Dayoff was saying about what he was willing to give, give up here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You know, Holland came out and said, I'm not trading the first-round pick, and they don't want to part with prospects, and they didn't have a lot of cap space, all that kind of stuff. What was your impression of the Jets' trade deadline? Well, I think clearly bringing in Jordy Ben is just another guy that has playoff experience, over 500 games in the National Hockey League, can play both both the left or right side. You know, has got a little bit of a mean streak, block shots, kills penalties. So just another well-rounded defenseman that they add to this. I guess you would say almost a no-name group of defensemen, right? So uh, I've... I, you know, Kevin Shoveldale said they that first their first round pick was on the table uh, at points in, in discussions for other defensemen or other players across the league at the trade deadline. It just never came to that. The prices, as you know, were very steep. Uh, the Jets clearly are not interested in getting rid of Billy Hanela or Dylan Sandberg or Cole Perfetti. So that that probably stopped a lot of trades happening as well. But. For the most part, buddy, that like they're it's it's a no-name group. They're not fancy, but Neil Pionk, as I said, and you know Neil Pionk is another one of the guys with a hundred hits and twenty points. Uh, one of those five players in the league right now. So he's quietly been doing a great job as he did last year, and he's paired nicely with Derek Forbert, who is so used to going up against the other team's best block. Sh- he leads the team in block shots with 93 right now. And Josh Morris, he's kind of rounding into form like he was two years ago. Uh, you know, before he signed that new deal and had to learn how to play without Jacob Truba, now getting real comfortable playing with Tucker Pullman. And then you're kind of figuring out what you want. And Logan Stanley has been a really huge surprise for them. Uh, Dylan DeMello's game is rounding into form. He, he became a new father at the beginning part of the season. Missed the Jets' first five-game road trip, so it kind of took him a while to get back acclimated to playing at high level again. And he's games back in tack now. And now they're, they're going to put in Jordy Ben and Billy Hanela to try to get to see what they can do uh, in this lineup right now to see how things work out in the playoffs. So it wasn't a very sexy trade deadline, but I think it was an important acquisition bringing in Jordy Ben considering his experience and the fact that he can play both sides. All right. Well, it's uh, it's usually close when these two teams go head to head. So hopefully we have another entertaining one tonight. Hey, I know you got to get on your own radio station there, CGOB, Jamie. So thanks for hopping on chat. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. That is Jamie Thomas. We're just over an hour. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.